the best Christmas I ever had, I got to see a little girl who I missed and loved. It was 2004, and I got to give her lots of presents, and I treasure that memory always and every Christmas. The best Christmas I ever had was um, in Lanzarote because I went somewhere with seals. Yeah, you can go in the water with them and then like, they jump over you and then they kiss you and stuff. Well, I remember getting a, a big a tin motor car and we loaded it with blocks and a big Christmas stocking with a turnip in it. Were you delighted to get the turnip? I was, yeah, I was. Yeah, had for the Christmas dinner. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas Only a hippopotamus will do During the morning, it was a wonderful surprise. I got a football, and I got a pair of football boots, and I was a made man. <laughs> and it just means that's all that matters. Mom says the hippo would eat me up, but then teacher says the hippo is a vegetarian. Dear Santa, I want a boyfriend for Christmas. <laughs> Actually, not just for Christmas, for life. <laughs> I've been a good girl. Well, actually, I haven't been that good. I've been a bit naughty, but I think I've been nicer than I've been naughty. There's lots of room for him in our two-car garage. I'd feed him there and wash him there and give him his massage. I can see me now on Christmas morning creeping down the I suppose uh, the biggest memory of Christmas for me is being in my granny's house with all my cousins and the excitement of jumping at the window where granny would say, can you see him? You must be able to see him. I can see him. Look, he's in the distance. I can see him. And it still happens now. We bring my children to my granny's house and we still do the same thing. And this will be the first year actually that it won't happen because my granny's moved to a home now. So it'll be the first year that it won't be all jumping on the seat saying we can see Santa. The best Christmas they ever had. Um... Christmas 73. Why is that? Because my son was born then, on the 21st of December. Really? Yes. Did he come on time or early? No, he was early. 
Devil. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to be there for Christmas, didn't he? He was there for Christmas and he expects two sets of presents, one for the birthday and one for the Christmas. <laughs> Even now, though, he's a big, he's a, uh, he's a big man now. He's a big lad, he's 40 come Christmas. So, so he, he is. That's great. And will he get two sets of presents this oh, year? He will. He will. will. Ah, uh, now, come on. Oh, yeah. He's, too, he's too old for that carry on. I know, but sure. You say you're not going to, but you always do. Shake hands, shake hands, shake hands with Santa Claus. If you want some candy, I'll bring you the candy. Shake hands with Santa Claus. I love you, I love you, and I'm gonna bring some candy and flowers and everything. If berries are pleasing when they're out of season, shake hands with Santa Claus. I love you, I love you, and I'd walk a mile to bring you the berries and watch you smile. Oh, just to share a love like yours, what miracles I could do. I'd make a rainbow chase the storm When the weather gets cold, I'll make it warm If you want a cottage, I'll furnish the cottage Shake hands with Santa Claus I love you, I love you, I give you my all I'm like a genie and you're begging call If you do the dreaming, I'll do the scheming Shake hands with Santa Claus If you're going to write a letter to Santa Claus for yes. yourself, what would you ask for? I asked him for an iPad. <laughs> you want an iPad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want an iPad for this Christmas. <laughs> because I don't have one. <laughs> have you been a good girl? I've been so good all this year. <laughs> I wish Santa could get me an iPad this year. <laughs> oh, just to win a love like yours, I'd follow you to Capri. I'd kiss you on the streets of Rome. Then we'd eat scungeel and fly back home. If you want bananas, some great big bananas, shake hands with Santa Claus. Oh, I love you, I love you, and I'm gonna bring bananas, pianas, and everything. If you do the dreaming, I'll do the scheming. Shake hands, shake hands, shake hands with Santa Claus. I loved all my Christmases. This is, this is a special good Christmas for me. Tell me why. Well, I got all clear of when I was in the doctors or the hospital. So isn't that the best Christmas you ever could have? My last good Christmas thing that I can remember, I was totally blind for 12 years, and in 1998, I got my sight back. So that was the joyous Christmas I've ever had. In 1998, when I got my sight back, that was the first time I had seen my grandchildren and photographs of them. I was at their christening but couldn't see them, but I'd seen them really in 1998, and that was a joyous moment for me. I lost my sight through an antibiotic I was allergic to. I was 47, and I had great sight, but it was an antibiotic I was allergic to. They said I had nothing else wrong with me, you know, so there you go. And my husband died in 85, and I was blind in 87, and for 12 years on then. 
but I got this miracle operation. Look at this, a little lens in the eye because it was only the front of the wind, the, the wind of the eye was destroyed by the antibiotic. So in 1998, it was a very joyous year. Just I remember Christmas. See, all the other Christmases meant nothing to me because I couldn't see. But then in 1998, when, you know, I had a great time again then, you know, all back seeing all the grandchildren playing with their toys and that. spent about 3,000 miles away from my family. Uh, I was in University of Chicago for a year and Hilary and I, that Christmas, decided we wanted to get out of the city and away from the whole Thoreau of Chicago. So I phoned up the Wisconsin, the next door state, tourist people and told them we have in Ireland things called farmhouse holidays. Is there an equivalent in Wisconsin? And there was. So anyway, he sent us a booklet and we picked a farm up north of Madison. We got on the bus in Chicago, Greyhound bus, and it was cold. But the further north we got, the thicker the blanket of snow on the countryside was. And as this was two days, I think, before Christmas, day before Christmas Eve. And as we drove up, it was dark later in the day. It was about three and a half, four hour journey. And it was like a fairyland. It was magical because all the houses, whether in towns that we passed through or whether isolated farmhouses on the road, all had a Christmas tree in the window with fairy lights and decorated. And just the snow and the fairy lights and the Christmas tree, it was just magical. I'd never forgotten it.
I remember going up and maybe at six o'clock at night when I'd hear Santa on RTE saying, you know, from the North Pole, they'd have him up in the North Pole and he'd be telling all the children now to get to bed early. I'm, I'm leaving now. I'm on my way. And I'd run up the stairs and, and I can tell you now that I definitely seen Santa going across the sky, going across the moon. You could see the bright moon and the, the sort of the... There was a special... It was on Christmas Eve, the stars seemed to be brighter and everything seemed to be darker and except the stars shone so bright. And I know that I definitely seen Santa several Christmas Eves. I've seen him going across the sky. My Christmas memories are the sounds and the smells, the smell of the Christmas pudding and um, the carols that my mother used to play Christmas Eve and making her trifle, the smell of the jelly coming up through the house and uh, our fleecy pyjamas. We always got new fleecy pyjamas and they were so cosy. And my worst memory of Christmas was I was 10 and my grandfather died. That was a week before Christmas. And uh, all the decorations had to come down because in them days you had to respect the dead and all the decorations came down. And it was really a sad, sad Christmas because, you know, the mummy, they all had to go back and bring back their beautiful coats. You know, you got a red coat maybe for Christmas and they had to go back and buy black. You know, and send back all their clothes for... They were in mourning. I've ten grandchildren and, uh, of course, the one of them said to me one day, I was coming home, I was bringing them home from school last Christmas. I don't know how I didn't try to put the car off the road. He's, he was sitting in the back of the car and he, Jack says to me, little Jack says to me, you know, Grandad, he says, you could be Santa. Well, with that, I said, oh, oh no, Jack, no, I, 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 didn't want, I wouldn't like to be Santa because if I was only, if I was Santa, I'd only see you once a year. Oh, yes, he said. He said, but he said, you could come to me last and you know the way you'd be cold and tired after going around all night. He said, you could get into the bed beside me and I'd warm you up. And then he said, that'd be the best Christmas present I could get.
if you were to write a letter to Santi for yourself, what would you put in it? I would thank him for all the blessings I have in my life. And I would just say, keep showering me with the gifts I have so far. And what are they? What are those blessings? Well, I have health and happiness and contentment and a good family life and all of that. Yes, so no, I'm very happy with all of that. So more of the same? More of the same, absolutely, yeah. Keep it coming. Thanks a million. <laughs> no problem. Well, Ned, how are you getting on this evening? Thank you. Hello, I'm Mario Sullivan, and we're in Hurley's Bar, Fern 4 in County Kerry. It is a bad, it's bad weather, isn't it? Yeah. Nice and warm in here, Mary. Ah, sure it is, of course, and Christmas is almost into us. It's a fire, lovely, Mary. It is nice, all right, isn't it? Nothing like the open fire. Well, Herlihy's Bar has been in the Herlihy family for 100 years. We celebrated our centenary last year in 2012, and I suppose I wanted to mark it in a very special way. I've got two points there, Mary, please, we'll get a chance. Oh, is it a thirsty week? It was a thirsty week, I know. I grew up in a household where both my parents had a great interest in the Irish culture and my father had a fantastic memory for relating family trees and, you know, he could tell, you know, not just with regard to his own family but within the, the wider area here who was related to who, nearly back to Adam and Eve. My mother then, who grew up here in the pub, was a great woman to tell a story or to sing a song or whatsoever. So I kind of grew up in that environment and I'm an archaeologist myself by profession. So it is very important for me to retain the old traditions and I think it's what makes us Irish. Christmas was, was a very big event. I mean, I know it's, it's a very big event now, but it is, I suppose, commercially a very big event. But back in the, the 30s, when my father grew up, it was, it was an equally big event, but from a different perspective, in that it was the time of the year when, I suppose we talk about spring cleaning now, but then it was the Christmas cleaning. And in the run-up to Christmas, you know, everything, the, the dishes were taken down off the dressers, all the cobwebs of this which existed were knocked down, windows were cleaned, and the whole place was whitewashed. Evening, Sean. How are you? How are you? My name is Ray O'Sullivan. I'm a, a traditional Irish storyteller. Shana Cree from East Kerry. I, I live in Coolcushlock outside Killarney. I'm over six feet tall, so you could say I'm big in Coolcushlock. I suppose Christmas when I was grab is slightly different than now. One thing that was slightly different was that time Christmas Eve was a fash day. So there would only be three meals on Christmas Eve. It was nearly a party. Now, now that time it was a fash day. And actually on Christmas Eve, the main meal would be a salted ling fish and it tasted terrible and people would dread the thought of it from about the middle of October but it was nearly like a penance that you'd have to eat the salted ling fish you'd buy it in the, from the fishmongers it should be hung outside the back and the smell of it but there certainly would be no no drink we'll say on Christmas Eve until Christmas Day and of course then Stevens's Day we used to all go on the ran but Christmas Eve that time was it was like what Good Friday is now and that's only in the 1970s and the 1980s. It's funny how things have changed so quickly in such a short time and so completely. My father was, was born on a farm about a mile from the village and had quite a significantly different upbringing to my mother here in the village. And my father used to say that Christmas on a farm, that it, you know, it, was, it was a very big event. And I suppose we have to look back in the context that both my parents grew up in the era prior to electrification. So they grew up in the era of the tilly lamp and people didn't just hop into the car and go to town. Most people wouldn't have had a car. They'd have had a pony and trapper, if they were lucky enough, or a donkey and trapper whatsoever. So they would only have gone to town a few times a year. And it was a big event to go to town. And people from the, the rural population 
invariably headed to the local town, which in this case would be Castle Island, on Christmas Eve. And they purchased items for the household. Nice it is that it would have this time of the year that it wouldn't get at another time. Things like marmalade jam, sweet sherry for herself, a few bottles of loose porter for himself, toffee sweets for the small lads and sugar cubes in case the priest would call over the Christmas. In a farm household, on Christmas Eve there would have been the lighting of the candle... Now, the candle was a wax candle. It was a red, big red, red wax candle. And traditionally, it was put into a jam jar filled with sand and it was decorated with holly on the window. And traditionally, it was lit by the youngest child in the house. Then there would have been... That would have been followed by the reciting of the rosary. And then the neighbours would have rambled in. Now, the concept of rambling, I suppose, was lost with the advent of television. But rambling was how people uh, entertained themselves back in the 20s, 30s, 40s. They rambled. In actual fact, they walked to one's, one another's houses at night time and they discussed what had happened during the week, weddings, funerals, wakes, uh, I suppose local, local, local affairs in general. They told stories, they sang, and if somebody had a musical instrument, an accordion or a concertina, they played their musical instrument. So in order to celebrate that, I thought that I would have an event here in the, the pub and that I would call it Bringing Home the Christmas the traditional storytelling is alive and well in Farn 4 anyway. And we're very lucky here in Farn 4 that we have uh, an excellent, very well-known Shanachie living not too far away from us in Killarney, Ray O'Sullivan. The highlight of the social calendar in Kerry Longo was always the annual Christmas turkey fair that would be held on the 8th of December below in Kinmare. And you'd have people there that wouldn't put their nose outside the door the other 12 months of the year. The place would be black with people, and blacker still with turkeys. It was all black turkeys that was going at the time. And this is how it used to work. The men would rise up early in the morning and drive their turkeys into town. They'd put them in a pin on the side of the street, and they'd sell them for the best possible price. The women would rise up later and beautify themselves at home, and they'd follow into town later on in hats and high heels. God knows, it was like the Galway races. They'd complain about the prices, and they'd collect a bit of money in carry the women were the treasurers. And when they had the money collected, they would buy and bring home what was affectionately known at the time as the Christmas. And there was a comical thing happened at that turkey fair one year. I may as well tell you that now, too. Tygeen Tim drove 20 turkeys from the town landed Temple Noe into Kinmare, and he put them in a pin on the side of the road. And the turkey agent said to him, I'll take the whole lot of the turkeys from you. I'll give you £40 for the lot if we'll throw off 10%. And Tygeen, like the rest of us, wasn't too clever at the sums, which of us are, and he didn't want to appear stupid in front of the parish, or worse still, he was in dread of making a bad deal and getting hoopy gannet from the wife. And there was a fierce, smart kind of a girl in Kinmare the same day. Oh, she was a stranger to us, but she was the talk of the place within a couple of hours of lending, for she had fierce long legs and a fierce short skirt. One man said to me, her skirt, he said, was more like a strand of barbed wire in that there was enough to protect the property. But in fairness, it wouldn't spoil the view. And Tygeen thought for some reason that she might be good at sums, and he said, Excuse me, ma'am, he said, if I was to give you 40 pounds, less 10%, how much would you take off? And we'll never forget her answer, for she said, 
40 pounds, less 10%, I take off everything except the earrings. I do remember when I was young, lad, I suppose it was seven the same year, I remember one year I got a mouth organ from Santa Claus. And I'll always remember when I opened it, it was shiny. We'd never seen, in, in our house, there wouldn't have been great mirrors or things like that, and I'd never, I suppose, seen a full reflection of myself. And I could see a clear reflection of myself, I can still see it to this day, actually, a clear reflection of myself from the mouth organ. And we were going in the ran the following day, you know, playing the music and things, so obviously that's why Santa Claus knew what to bring me. And I played the, the, the mouth organ the following day, but I'll never forget seeing my own reflection for the first time. It was like a chrome-shined steel, like you'd see in the front of a car now, like that. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. I remember it very well, yeah. I never learned how to play it, but I did make a lot of money in the round the following day. Christmas memory uh, vividly is uh, during the Second World War, probably 1942, I'm not certain, but there's nobody in the family alive that I can check the date. Anyway, we were making the Christmas cake and we were all taking a wish with the mixing. And I suppose I was whatever, three or four maybe. And uh, an air aid siren went off. We lived in Rosmine Park near Sandy Cove Station in Dunleary. And we went, as the air aid siren went off, we went into our little air aid shelter, which was the cubbyhole under the stairs. And actually, oh, we had to bring the canary in. We didn't want the canary to be hurt either. That was important. So we stayed in there for a few hours. And my father was an ARP warden, so he was gone out to check what was going on outside, why there was a warning. And a bomb actually fell on the tram tracks at the end of the road, and it blew off the roof of a bungalow at the end of the road. And it also, uh, it, it was said to be that the Germans were trying to hit either the mailboat or the lights of a tram uh, that was passing or somebody, then it was said that they were just offloading the rest of their bombs before they went back to England. But a dud bomb, a bomb actually fell at the end of our back garden Fortunately, it was a dud, but uh, the newspapers came out and took photographs of the crater that the dud bomb had left. There were clothes on the clothesline and there was a hole in the blown through the trousers of my father's pyjamas on the clothesline. (laughs) Such are the things that children remember about an event like that. As I sat in my window last evening, a letter was brought round to me. A little gilt edged invitation, saying, Gil Hooley, come over to tea. 
Each Christmas the fogger descended, so I went just for elf and ship's sake. And the first thing they gave me to tackle was a slice of Miss Fogarty's cake. And there were plums and prunes and cherries. There were citrons and raisins and cinnamon too. There were nuts and cloves and berries. And a crust that was nailed on with glue. There were caraway seeds in abundance. Sure to work up a fine stomach ache. It would kill a man twice after eating a slice of Miss Fogarty's Christmas cake. And if you were to write to Santi now and ask for something, what would you ask for, for yourself? Well, I'm 66 now, and I would write to Santi definitely and ask him for two 33-year-old women to live with. <laughs> Miss Mulligan wanted to try it, but really it wasn't no use, for we worked on it over an hour, but a piece of it wouldn't come loose. Till Kelly came in with the hatchet, and Murphy came in with the saw. But Miss Fogarty's cake at the power for to paralyze any man's jaw. And there were plums and prunes and cherries. There were citrons and raisins and cinnamon too. There were nuts and cloves and berries. And a crust that was nailed on with glue. There were caraway seeds in abundance. Sure could work up a fine stomach ache. It would kill a man twice after eating a slice of Miss Fogarty's Christmas cake. Yes, it would kill a man twice after eating a slice of Miss Fogarty's Christmas cake. I don't know, a razor. I look like a bit of a hobo at the minute. You don't like the beard, do you not? Uh, just laziness, yeah. I lost my razor when I was on holidays, so it's been growing ever since. It's ginger, it suits you. I know, yeah, but sure. How about you? Probably ask for Channing Tatum to be under my Christmas tree whenever I woke up. Channing Tatum, she's yeah. a singer, is she? It's a boy. <laughs> my sister and I won Christmas, uh, well, must have been about five or six years old and we we each asked for a doll's pram and on Christmas morning uh, uh, I slept in one bedroom and my sister slept in the other bedroom and on the landing between the two bedrooms was one doll's pram and we had to share that doll's pram <laughs> and uh, but a little I can still see it a little grey metal doll's pram sitting <laughs> uh, we got over that well, 45 years ago this year, I was expecting my first child and David arrived on the 22nd of December. So two days went by and on Christmas Day, I was over the birth and David was all snuggled up beside me in the little cot. And the nurse appeared at the door around lunchtime and she said to me, would you like a drink? And I thought, well, this is very nice. It's Christmas Day and I'm not at home, so I probably fancy a sherry. So I said, yes not naming what I would have. So she then produced two large jugs. One was lemon and the other was orange. And she said, which will you have? So I was extremely deflated and um, I think I opted for the orange. I saw three ships come sailing in On Christmas Day, on Christmas Day I saw three ships come sailing in On Christmas Day in the morning And what was in those ships all three on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day And what was in those ships all three On Christmas Day in the morning 
Virgin Mary and Christ were there on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. The Virgin Mary and Christ were there on Christmas Day in the What was the best Christmas you ever had? Uh, 98. Back in 98, when we girl was born. Ah. My first. Chantelle. And how's she doing? Oh, 100%, yeah. That's great. And if you were to write a letter to Santi and ask Santi for something for yourself to spoil you, what would you ask for? Another wee girl like Chantelle again. Another wee one. Another little girl? Yeah. Great. Keep the boys away, the boys just come with trouble. Get the girls in. More handier to look after, easier to look after. What's wrong with the boys? Ah, they're too giddy, they're too wild. Are they? Yeah. It's just spirits though, isn't it? Ah, but when they get older, they like to get too wild and stuff. We girls can look after better. What would you ask Santi for? If I get... I'll just tell him, give me a leaf. That's all I want, a leaf. What would that life be? What, what kind of things would you do in that life? It's beaded cold. Stop begging and drinking around the streets. And to be happy. Um, for everyone to be happy and enjoy. Oh, That's yeah. a very beauty pageant answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I want world peace and I want everybody to be happy and all the fluffy dogs to have homes for Christmas. Peace and quiet. <laughs> really? Yeah. From what? What kind of noises? Well, I have eight children and five grandchildren. <laughs> Peace and quiet. And they're all pulling out of you, are they? Uh, well, they'll all be there Christmas Day, yeah. But they'll all look after you. 
and they'll all do everything. You can sit there and put no, your feet up. No, I'll do all the work. <laughs> and whose fault is that? Mine. <laughs>